Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, back for another episode. And I am, as always, very, very excited about our guest, but this one especially because he's like my big brother, my brother from another mother, a brother, an older brother I never had. Uh, he's been a mentor to me. He's been uh, a person who everybody, and I mean everybody, whoever meets this guy, remembers him, and he's recognized in our little world here in St. Louis, Missouri as the man, the myth, the legend when it comes to the restaurant industry because he's been in the business for more than 45 years. And even before that, he was doing things that were uh, requiring him to have what he calls the hospitality mentality. We've talked a little bit about that in previous episodes. His name is Kim Tucci from St. Louis, Missouri. I met him in 1976, back when I was about 16 years old. I met him when I was performing comedy and magic at the Playboy Club and him and his partner at the Post House Company uh, had a little side business where they managed a band, a very successful band at the time. Uh, and that's where we first met. And then as I got to know Kim and work in his restaurants, I got to experience firsthand what that hospitality mentality was all about. So, Kim, welcome to Amazing Business Radio. It's my pleasure, Shep. It's, it's always, always my pleasure. Yes. <laughs> that's your line. It's always yeah. my pleasure. And, yes, and and I, I, let's talk about that that phrase. It's always my pleasure. Since the very first time I met you, that is something that, and now I say it because I've been listening to you for so many years. But why not just? It's my pleasure. Why it's always my pleasure? Because uh, I just think it's neat when you can talk with people, not at them or to them, but you can talk with them. You can communicate with them. So it's always my pleasure when I have that opportunity to communicate with somebody. All right. So 45 years, the Pasta House Company, and that's a well-known, iconic restaurant group here in St. Louis. Prior to that, what were you doing that kind of moved you into the uh, restaurant and hospitality industry? Well, actually, I was a teacher. I taught for 13 years, but I couldn't make any money teaching. So I started waiting tables and start working in restaurants, tending bar, waiting tables. And I was the maitre d' at Tony's restaurant for five years. And that was the, at that time, the only five-star Italian restaurant in America. Yep, the entire and, United um, States. Yes. And I um, I worked all those places. And uh, then I had the opportunity to open my uh, own restaurant. It turned out to be a restaurant chain. 45 years ago, but before I opened, I learned a lot of things about the restaurant industry, and I think I learned them uh, naturally because I never planned on opening my own restaurant. So when I was working for somebody like Vince Bomarito, who was the owner of Tony's and who was a uh, service uh, master, I just uh, learned naturally. I never thought I was going to open a restaurant. I just came about I followed what he was doing I listened to what he what he was teaching me and uh, it became a godsend and it was a blessing yep so service master in that he was the master of amazing service and 
Tony's is still here today. I don't know how many years the restaurant's been open. Do you know uh, how many how many years Vince? Oh, is? it's been open now. Uh, let's see. If I've been in the business forty five years, so Tony's been in the business sixty five years. Wow, at least. Wow. So, yeah. and, and in a minute, I'm going to ask you, like you said, you learned from the master, Vince Bomarito himself, and uh, I want to hear some of those lessons, but there's something interesting at Tony's. The original Tony's was on two floors, and yes. the Mater D, which you were, would, as you took somebody up, if they were going to the second floor, you would walk backwards, up the stairs, never losing eye contact with your guest. And you're the one that started that, and there's a really good reason why. Yes, I walked backwards, um, uh, whether I take, was taking them downstairs or upstairs. But the reason was, uh, especially on Friday and Saturday night, we were so busy. We had three-and-a-half-hour wait. Three-and-a-half-hour wait. That's yeah, how good the food was. Wait. Well, that's how good the food and the service was. Mm. And uh, it was it was just tremendous, but we were so crowded. We were so packed. Um in fact, um, uh, sometimes I had to go outside to change my mind. That's how crowded it was. <laughs> and anyway, I uh, I take the people to their table, and I'd go upstairs, and they go down, and I go down, and they go up. So I turned my uh, back uh, not to them, but to the restaurant, and I would walk with them backwards, and I got to, uh, very good at it. I could run up the steps backwards, <laughs> and I could run down the stairs backwards. I could do that, and then. The other maitre d's that followed me, uh, they followed that. Uh, they followed that uh, procedure also. But it was very important. I never lost eye contact with those people, and it got to be a, it got to be a real tradition. And it was a, uh, people just start talking about it. And to this day, they're still talking about. It, but a lot of them don't the know Mater, that I'm the one yeah. that originated. <laughs> yeah, the maitre d that walked in upstairs and downstairs. And really, it's because and it's it's a, a focus on the customer because it was so crowded. You go one way, the customer accidentally would go to the other, and all of a sudden, you've yeah. lost your customer or your guest, and that's it. So very, very funny. And uh, so what are some of the lessons that Vince Bomberty taught you? And by the way, Tony's Restaurant, and this is how I describe Tony's, the service is so good that you don't have to beat it, you know, the expectation, the customer's expectation is just meet the expectation, you're blowing everybody else away. That's how good the service was. That's what they were known for and still are. Yeah, and, you know, it's, uh, you and I have talked about it before. I don't think, uh, even at our restaurant, the Pasta House Company, and my training that, I tell them we, uh, we don't always exceed the customer's expectations, but we must always try to exceed the customer's expectation. We meet our customer's expectations 99.999% of the time. The secret is to exceed uh, their expectations. And at Tony's, they did. Because Vince, he was the one who fostered and he originated the, I think, the hospitality mentality. But he didn't define it. I learned from him what hospitality mentality was, and I defined it in three words in all of the training that we do. And those three words are anything and most friendly. That means we're going to do anything for our guests in the most friendly atmosphere. Let me tell you how important the hospitality mentality is. If you have a quality product, have a quality product, and you have the right price, 
right price points. That means in any retail business, whether it's restaurant business or selling shoes, if you have a quality product and you have the right price points, okay, and you give good service. Now, when do you ever get a complaint? Most of the time, the complaints I found out are on attitude, not about the service, not about the price, not about the product. It's about the attitude. So not everything goes well all the time. How do you handle that? How do you handle that situation? Do you turn it into an opportunity? And we found out that the most important thing is to have the right attitude, the right attitude. So you turn a bad situation into an opportunity. And you and I have talked about that all the time. Probably that's probably one of the keys to your amazing service uh, education that you have throughout all the books you've written and everything else. It's how you treat the customer. What is your attitude? And if you have the hospitality mentality that you're thinking in the back of your mind, that you're always going to treat that customer in the most friendly atmosphere, and you're going to do anything for them, you're going to be successful. And I, I love that. So I want to uh, just let's talk about attitude for just a moment. When we have done trainings, we will sometimes ask the audience, what are the traits that are most important to deliver an amazing customer experience? And people will say friendly, engaging, uh, you know, like what, what, and not just a, a good customer experience like is a friendly one, but really the best customer experience, period. And they'll get into words uh, to describe them like, um, you know, smart, uh, humorous, um, and they go on and on, and typically we'll get 15, 20 words. And what we find is that, let's say it's 15 words, maybe three of them are skills, skills, a technical skill needed to deliver the service. You know, they're, they're good, you know, if it's a sales group. Well, they're really good at crunching numbers. Uh, yes. They're really good at creating a report. Well, that's a skill. Yes. But then the rest of them are attitudes. So I would say like 85, 90% of what the audiences respond to is an attitude. And when people, they get this, all of a sudden, this look over, you can tell, oh, my gosh, it is really so much about attitude. It's it's like, you know, playing golf. It's 99% mental and 1% skill. I actually think there's a little bit yes. more than skill than 1%. But what they're saying is there's a huge part of the mental process that allows you to perform on a consistent basis. Well, in the restaurant business or in any type of business, whether it's B2C or B2B, if you don't have the right attitude of taking care of that customer, it doesn't matter what your skill set is. The attitude that's missing is going to deter the customer from having the best experience they can have from you. Definitely. No question about it. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some of the ideas and skills and traits and, and uh, the teachings of Kim Tucci, what he does when he goes into a restaurant and he teaches his employees how to deliver the most amazing service. And actually, we call it Bob-type service, right? Bob. Yes, sir. Bend over backwards. Bend over backwards. So we're going to talk about bend over backwards style of customer service. We come right back. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it, and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my new book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates 
fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competition and maybe even an entire industry, then this book is a must-read for you and your team. And if you're listening to this before the book is released, you can pre-order and get the ebook immediately for free. Just go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time to join the revolution, the amazement revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking to John Kimbro Tucci, also known as Kim Tucci. Kim, uh, we're going to talk about bend over backwards style service. We're going to talk about some of the techniques that you teach people, which are transferable to virtually any type of business. But before we do that, before you can teach any of these things, you have to have good people to teach them to. Can you talk to us about how do you hire good hospitality focused people? All right. That's a good question. And, uh, Sometimes, you know, it's it's difficult in the restaurant business uh, because it's unlike a lot of uh, other businesses because our turnover is so great. And But I found out the better your training, the less the turnover. All right, but big big lesson makes, right there. The better your yeah, training. Let, let's jump in there. Do you know how many people in your business say, I can't afford to train the people, they leave too quickly? And that's because you have. Yeah, but I don't look at it that. That's a resource, and you're only as good as the people you hire. Yep. And we found out that if we now this is it took us a long time to figure this out because we didn't care. We didn't care. What do you mean you didn't care? We didn't care. We were uh, we were the only game in town at one time. Forty five years ago, when I opened up, there were no other Italian restaurant chains in St. Louis, and there were very few Italian restaurants compared to what there are now. So the business just came in and we were serving good food and we had friendly service and everything. But then the competition got pretty, pretty stiff. And then we started looking and saying, you know, we got to have an edge. We got to have something that other people don't have. And that is we've got to have a more friendly restaurant. And we found out that if we hire Friendly managers, they hire friendly people. And conversely, we found out that if you hire ugly managers, they hire ugly people. So Not ugly in the way they look, but ugly. Yeah, or maybe it is in the way they no, look. No, it but. is the way they look, yeah. So we want to hire, hire nice-looking, friendly managers. And the way we do it is we can tell by their appearance and everything how they carry themselves. But the most important thing, we give our managers a psychological test. And in the age of computers and everything, all you have to do is plug in their answers and you get back the results. And we want to make sure all our managers are in the upper 80 percentile on friendliness. And that's uh, that's very important. And we found out friendly managers hire friendly people. And that's what that's the key. That's the key. And then we can train them the way we want. And someone says, well, do they have to have experience? It helps to have experience, but it doesn't make any difference. We're going to train them the way we want, and it's very important. And um, uh, there's a lot of little things we can talk about later, but some of the techniques that we use to make sure that we're giving uh, uh, knock-your-socks-off service and where we try to exceed the customer's expectation all the time. Mm. So you hire friendly and uh, you, you hire friendly managers or hire friendly people. And by the way, you said good looking. One thing I want to point out, 
you said how well they put themselves together. Because I've been in your man, I've been in your restaurant, and it's not that you have beautiful people working there. You have well put together people. They care about themselves, and it doesn't yes. matter what color they are, what their hair color is, uh, because you've. I mean, it doesn't matter even about the tattoos they have on their bodies, or how much they weigh or, or don't weigh. It's really about how they put themselves together, how they hold themselves. And, and how they carry themselves. Yep, how they carry themselves. How they present themselves. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal, and um, it that's a tough thing. I mean, uh, the, the workforce out there is very uh, is not as great as it used to be. Well, not there's more, more jobs today available than there are people to fill those jobs. Yes, definitely. And so the good jobs are taken by good people. And, if, you know, it's not yep. that people don't move around. They're unhappy, even if it is a great job. And uh, I know that uh, how long has the manager over at the Del Mar Pasta House, uh, she's been there for how many years? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> she was there for many, many years, and she did such a good job. She's now working for Ruth Chris's. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, a chain of steakhouses. Oh. And she's there, and we got a great manager to replace her. And it's John Mangelstorff. And he just, yeah, yeah, I know John. Terrific. Yep. Big I know John. John. Six, seven, 330 pounds. And he is terrific, and he is great with the people. He has great table presence, and we want to. We want them to, you know, to roam the restaurants, to be there table side with those customers, you know, 90% of the time to roam like a hawk and 10% of the time they can be in the office, but they got to be out there and he's great. And, uh, we miss Lee. We wish her well. She's with Ruth Chris's now and it's a, it'll be a plus for them. And we now have another great manager at Del Mar. But how long was Lee there, though? She was there for how many years? Oh, yeah. She was there about 20 years. 20 but I years. Have a bus, I have a busboy there that who is um, – he's been with me 24 years there. A busboy at Del Mar Pasta House in University City, Missouri, just outside or part of the St. Louis suburbs. 24 years he's been a busboy. And I have a server. I have a few of them at uh, – our uh, South Lindbergh store that have been there since we've opened. And that is uh, over 30 years. And um, another one was uh, like 26 years. Another one, 14 years. Here's the deal. You train good, you hire good people, but you train them to be better. Hire good people, good and friendly people, and train them to be better and more friendly. Yep. Now you That's also do. just just to to prove the point. When you hire good people, you train them, you bring them up, you mentor them. You have some people like Sam Garanzini. How long has he been with you? Longer than I have. <laughs> he's been there. Yeah, he's uh, he's been there ever since we opened. Yep. He's been he's terrific, and I can't do it without him, and I can't do it without Roger, and mm-hmm. I can't do it without my chief uh, financial officer. I can't do it without my assistant, my marketing director. And the few people we have in the office, I have the best crew. Or I should say we have the best crew. I am so excited to see them every day. And we're just, uh, it's a great family. And I don't want to, I don't want to be without any of them. They're extensions of each other. They're extensions of me. I couldn't do it without them. I mean, it's amazing the work and the quality we put out with that's the staff that we have because, uh, you know, it's not a lot of people in management, but they're the best, and uh, they're just terrific. I just get excited thinking about them because uh, 
and we try to we try to pay them well. We try to give them bonuses. They deserve it. They are damn. They're so good. <laughs> and I love that you say. I just love getting up and seeing them. And I think at your age, just getting up and seeing them is a very important. Seeing anybody, for that matter. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. I'm just that's kidding. The thing. Remember this, Chef. I don't have to go to work. I want to go to work. Oh, I know. People don't realize when they meet you and they find out, I'm not going to tell people how old you are. That's crazy. We don't need to do that. But I'll tell you this. Nobody believes that you're the age you are. You are young. You're young at heart. You have the energy of a 30 or 40-year-old guy. Uh, it's And you get excited about life and excited about people. So before we move off the people, uh, in your office, you mentioned all these great people that have been there a long time. What's uh, not including your, you know, admin staff, which may come and go, uh, you know, as, as to, but your key people. What's the shortest time that anybody's been there? Oh boy, that's a good one. The shortest time. Uh, let's see. I have uh, I have two new people in the office, and they've been there for. Uh, let's see now. They're going on. Just about three years. Okay, so those but are the everybody new people, else. But everybody else, right? But everybody else has been there, and and they're good. They're terrific, and I hope they're there as long as the other ones. And then the tenure of the other employees is twenty years. Twenty years. They've all been there twenty years or more. Wow, and and you don't do so. Here's a lesson, and that is you've created a culture. And it's a lot of it's a lot of your personality, Kim. There's no doubt. You're a totally different different type of, of person to work with. I mean, you're very serious. You expect great results. But I, I watch how you interact with people, and uh, it's it's amazing. I don't know what your secret is other than it's your positive personality. You're probably one of the most positive people I've ever met. I know recently you had some some health issues, and I watched you just plow through those issues. And I remember you saying to your doc uh, at the very beginning of this whole thing that you went through, you said, you know, I just want to live to be whatever the age is and, and see my you know, grandkids do whatever. And the doc said, hey, whether you're sick or not, I don't know if you're ever going to live to that age. <laughs> you could be healthy. You may not make it that, that long. But that's, I, there, if there's no doubt there's going to be somebody that does it, it's going to be you. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I promise we would talk about the bend over backwards and the techniques that you're using to train your people on how to be hospitality focused and deliver some amazing customer service. We're talking with the amazing Kim Tucci. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Kim Tucci. Kim, we promised everybody we'd talk about your concept, Bend Over Backwards. And yes. let's let's start there. And then what are some of the techniques that it takes to bend over backwards and be amazing for your customers? All right, let me tell you how it started. First of all, I have a partner, Joe Freston. Mm-hmm. And I had a and I had a partner, John Farrar. Yep. 
one of my John close Clark friends. passed away. Yep. Yes, he was one of your cl- really close friends. And John was in YPO, Young Presidents Organization, and they were going to listen to this speaker who wrote a book called The Ten Commandments of Business and How to Break Them. I love and, that. Uh, uh, I rem- can you tell me who wrote that book? No, I can tell you what company it was with. I can't remember the name of the author. It was Evergreen and Barclay. Yep. Uh, and I was on a corner. It intersected in Kansas City, an mm-hmm. advertising marketing company. So he would, started off his uh, speech with, uh, does anybody have a mission statement? Now, I'll never forget, I raised my hand like little Johnny in grade school when he knew he had the correct answer. Mm-hmm. And I was just a guest of John, but I raised my hand because we just created a mission statement for the Post House Company. And the mission statement was we were going to have the best family Italian restaurant in the world, providing great service, terrific food, and a clean and friendly atmosphere with reasonable prices. And he said, you're full of crap. And I was just heartbroken. We just came up with that. He said, your mission statement should be three or less words. For instance, at that time, it was Hertz. We're number one. And Avis, we, we try, try harder. harder. Mm-hmm. Now Enterprise Leasing is number one. And then he said national, and nobody knew. Somebody just said green because that was their colors, but they didn't have a mission statement. Then he said FedEx was get it there. So anyway, he was telling us about different things, and he told us that their mission statement at Barclay and Evergreen was we rent helicopters. And what that, uh, where that came about was that somebody from FedEx uh, was working behind the counter one night and a customer came in and said, I got to find where my package is. And they say they can track every package within 20 minutes, find out where it is. However, the lines were down somewhere in Colorado, a big blizzard or whatever. And they couldn't find out because the wires were down and they couldn't contact anybody. So the guy from FedEx used his American Express card. He rented a helicopter. They flew the lineman up to the top of the mountain or wherever it was, fixed the wires, and they found out where the package was. And as a result, Barkley and Evergreen said, we rent helicopters, meaning we're going to do anything for our guests. Wow. But first, we're going to do anything for our employees. So when I got back to the office, my partner John said, you got to come up with three or less words. <laughs> and I don't even want to tell you what some of the three or less words were in the first 45 minutes. But I remember it took exactly 45 minutes. I timed myself and I came up with Bob, bend over backwards. We're going to bend over backwards first for employees, and then we're going to bend over backwards for our guests. And what that meant was we're going to do special things for employees. We gave out Bob Bucks, bend over backwards Bucks. That means any any employee that did something consistently well or extraordinarily well, they would receive 10 Bob Bucks and they could spend them in our restaurant. Okay? And um, they all our employees get a 50% discount when they go into the restaurant, but this would be extra for them. We had a Bob picnic. We had Bob Goals. It was just, we had Bob Awards. It was terrific. And um, we've been doing it ever since. And every year I have a Bob Gold meeting with all our management and all our franchises. 
and we go and basically the 10 Bob goals that we have are the same every year. Sometimes we just overemphasize a particular one or two and are exaggerated because maybe it's a little weak during the past year. And we work very carefully on that. But uh, that's our Give us some example. What are some of those Bob goals? All right. Here, some things are very, you know, it's a lot of common sense. Serve hot food hot and cold food cold. That means our salads have to come out on refrigerated plates, and they must be cold. The hot food must be hot. Also, we want to develop, one of our goals is to develop call customers, that the employee, the server, has to introduce himself to the guest that he's waiting on and try and make them remember who he is so when they come in, they ask for that server when, you know, and what happens is they frequent the restaurant more and they feel like that person is part of their family. Mm. That's a Bob goal. Okay. And then we t- another Bob goal is for management to communicate with their employees. Okay. They have to communicate, communicate with their employees. And of course the other, one of the Bob goals is suggest the selling, uh, trying to sell the five add on items that we really hustle. And, uh, and, and uh, that goal is that we want, uh, the five add-on items to constitute 15% of our gross sales. All right, let's talk That's, about add-on items and, and the concept of, of, as you call it, suggestive selling and upselling. It's, you know, it's like, okay, it's like, would yeah, you like, like fries with that? I know. I know you don't like the word, and we've talked about it before, but here's my philosophy on it. And Well, actually, I'm going to hold off because I have a, a, a thought on that. But if you go to okay. McDonald's and you order a hamburger and a soda – and mm-hmm. they, they, what do they ask you? No, here's what happens. You go into McDonald's. Here's what I found out, my experience, and I used it in my seminars, okay? You go into McDonald's, and you go up to the counter, and you usually get one of three answers. Who's next? Are you ready to order? What can I get you? Okay? Mm-hmm. However, you go through the drive through it's a different experience. Would you like an apple pie or a cherry pie? Do you want a, you want an extra uh, an extra large order of fries for an extra dime? We'll give you twenty two pounds of French fries. <laughs> you know, they're, they're suggestively selling. It's a different experience when you go through the drive thru Why now, is that? I always thought when well, I walked in, um, you know, I want a soda and a hamburger. Would you like an order of fries with that? You no, know? they don't say that now. I've gone through. I've shopped them periodically. And a lot of times, and I spoke to the McDonald's people, and they taught me a lesson. I said, why do you do it when you go to the drive-thru, but not when you go up to the counter? And here's what their answer was, and it made me think, and it kind of made me ashamed. They said, we put our best people on the window. And I said, why don't you put the best people everywhere? And then I thought, we don't have the best people everywhere either. And we have to do better training, and we have to make sure we have the best people everywhere. Wow. Good lesson. All right, back to the concept of asking those for these five items. I know the cheesy garlic bread, which, by the way. Hot cheesy garlic hot, bread. Crazy, crazy, phenomenal, delicious. I get excited just thinking about it. Kim, we're mm-hmm. supposed to go to dinner later on. Can we go to Pasta House tonight? <laughs> <laughs> I want the pork chops and some cheesy garlic bread. Hot, hot, cheesy, cheesy, hot, hot cheesy, cheesy garlic, garlic bread. bread. <laughs> All right. A couple of the other items that uh, you... you, you uh, Dessert. Dessert, yes. It comes with four forks. 
Yeah, all our desserts come with many, as many forks as there are people in the party. And we want our people to show the dessert tray. And, boy, we have to harp on that. They don't do it all the time. And that is really, you know, more about the three-dimensional selling. And that is a key to show that dessert tray with the dessert on the tray. I mean, it's right there. You can touch it. And that's important. We also sell, we try to sell appetizers. So we have appetizers, we have desserts, we have hot, cheesy garlic bread. It's not considered an appetizer, it's a specialty bread. We have specialty drinks, and we have wine. Mm. So here's the point. If you don't suggest these items, uh, you are doing your customer a disservice. If they don't yes. have the experience of the hot, cheesy garlic bread, they are missing one of life's great things at a restaurant. <laughs> great. Yes. I mean, it's unbelievable. And and some of those desserts, and by the way, I know you have some really great desserts. Still, my favorite desserts of all time, uh, uh, may, uh, and I have these amazing memories, is your strawberry cheesecake from like 30 years ago when you used to make yeah, it at we the make, commissary. Yeah, we make it ourselves. Yeah, it's, it's so here, good. I want to explain something about meeting expectations, exceeding mm-hmm. expectations through suggested selling. Here's what happened. If we have time, years ago, Olive Garden came to town and everybody talked about their garlic, their garlic breadsticks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I went out and I watched, see how they serve the garlic breadsticks, whatever. So maybe, maybe people want that. I don't know. We gave a little, we gave a little roll. We call it a baby loaf of bread. Mm-hmm. We made it more romantic. Warm, so did, warm baby loaves baby of, loaf bread. of bread. And you know what? I and used then, to think that we're Warren Beatty loaves of bread. I go, what does Warren Beatty have to do with that? When I, yeah, that's good. <laughs> no, so no when did, you would, by the way, when you would call the pasta house and you would be put on hold, they'd have, and make sure you try our Warren Beatty loaves of bread. No, it was yeah. warm baby <laughs> loaves of bread. So what happened is I did three focus groups, West County, North County, and South County. And... You know, you go in the focus group, it's like an insurance office. It doesn't look like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we serve two pastas. We serve red pasta, white pasta. We give them a cold drink and then a salad. And then we let them test the bread. They didn't know they were at the time. We gave them six choices. They got to have a warm baby loaf with garlic on it, warm baby loaf with butter on the side and warm baby loaf with garlic butter. Then we gave him a breadstick with garlic, garlic butter, or with butter on the side. Unanimously, they all wanted a baby loaf plain with butter on the side. Okay. <clears throat> we never change. That's the way it is. That's the way it's going to be. So the customer comes in. They order a pasta. They order a salad. They order an iced tea. And they have that baby loaf with butter on the side. After the waiter takes the order, he turns away or she turns away, half turns away and comes right back. Oh, by the way, I have something that goes great with the pasta you order and the salad you order. It's our hot, cheesy garlic bread. It's terrific. It's just, it's unbelievable. Okay, give us an order. So now... They didn't expect that hot, cheesy garlic bread. We met their expectations with the pasta, the iced tea, the salad, and yep. the baby loaf. Mm-hmm. Now we bring out the hot, cheesy garlic bread, 
that maybe Loka's there on the side. But this is now, they've ex- we've exceeded our expectations with that item. They didn't come here for our dessert, but we had great desserts. And when they share one of those desserts, it's another exceeding their expectations. So that's why we have to uh, suggestly sell. Now, the important thing about suggestive selling, though, is that I tell my servers, their four or five table station is their own restaurant. Right. It's like their own franchise for the night. Oh, yeah, because they're going to get 15 to 20 percent commission off of everything they sell in that restaurant. In the form of a tip. Yep. They have no overhead. Mm -hmm. Their overhead is their maintenance of their uniform, the gas they use to and from work, and tipping out their busser or bartender. That's it. They make more money off that station than I do, except, fortunately, I own all the stations in the restaurant. Okay? (laughs) But this is what they mean. You have to pound that home. Let them know. They're in business for themselves. That's their restaurant. Yeah. So, a couple of quick pointers uh, and thoughts. Number one, to suggestive sell, and I know you don't like the word upsell, but in the rest of the world, in other businesses beyond restaurants, that's what they talk, upsell, cross-sell. I know, because that's synonymous with some words that I don't like. And when you say upsell, it's like a hustle. Mm -hmm. We're not hustling people. We're letting the people know what we're offering, and it's a quality product at a fair price. And it enhances the experience, and that's the key. To not give them that opportunity is giving them poor customer service. The second thing that's a lesson that we all need to take away is just like any business. And by the way, if you go back and you listen to this show again and again, you're going to pick up nuances and ideas that go way beyond the restaurant business. These are virtually, uh, you know, any type of business they can they can work in. The experimentation, you brought people in, you got feedback, you gave them six choices over and over again. Unanimously, you came up with the same answers. That's what companies have to do. They have to experiment. We are just – go ahead. You're going to make me miss the one point I wanted to tell you. You mentioned that word listen. Mm, Listen. This might be the one thing because this is like the one thing we close our show with, the one thing you want people to remember. Yes, 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 yes. This is it. Because I teach my servers, they have to know the listening process. I define the listening process. Everybody forgets I have a graduate degree in communication. I'm a communicologist. That means I'm a communication scientist. But I define the listening process. It's three steps. First, you hear the sound. Second, you recognize the sound. That all comes natural. If we, unless you're speaking a foreign language, you're going to recognize you don't know what the hell they're talking about. (laughs) So you hear, you recognize, and the key is you have to evaluate what the people are saying. Do you accept or reject it? Are you paying attention? Are you listening? Not just hearing, recognizing, but you're also evaluating. Too many people, you go in the classroom today, teachers still say, did you hear me? Yeah, I heard you, but I wasn't listening. Right. Okay. So listening, and you keep mentioning, you said, when you listen to this program, you're going to come away with these advantages over everybody else, okay? You have to listen, though. Listen. You hear, you recognize, and you evaluate for their worth. You have to evaluate for their worth. Do you accept it or reject it? Yep. Thank you very much. (laughs) Very good. That's the amazing Kim Tucci. Kim, thanks for being on the show. Okay. 
I can't wait to uh, see you when I see you next, which actually won't be too too long from now. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is why we call this Amazing Business Radio, because we have people like Kim Tucci, who came up with the three-word, what I call mantra, bend over backwards. And you know, if you've been listening to the show for any length of time, I close the show with my three-word mantra every single week. And so here it is. Thanks for listening. And remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.